0: Welcome to this space where border walkers dwell, a space for people who are moving in between the divisions of culture, politics, and religion, We are building bridges, making peace in an age of culture wars and identity politics, We are seeking common ground in the search for truth, beauty, and goodness in our world today. Welcome our listeners. My name is Lance Dixon. I'm director of campus ministry at St. Mary's University. And I have to tell you, uh, I have this wonderful privilege in my job. And that is that I get to walk alongside uh, some pretty amazing students who are giving me tremendous hope uh, because of the conversations that they're engaged in the ideas that they're bringing and one such student is by the name of daniel melville jones who i'm going to introduce to you in a moment and daniel one day walked into my office sharing this uh this book that i'm going to ask him to talk about in a second Uh, but in the book it gave him an idea of who he is and that is a border border walker as we're calling it and I was so fascinated by this idea of a border walker and it really became the foundation the 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 inspiration of this podcast that we're inviting you as listeners into Um, and it's an extended conversation so uh, Daniel welcome and I'm really kind of welcoming you as uh, as sort of unofficially because as I alluded to we've been in this conversation and we're really uh, sojourners on this we're 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 kind of sharing this space together but but introduce yourself tell us a little bit about uh, the book that you introduced to me and this concept of border walker, walker that's at the heart of it
1: thank you lance and when i think of my own journey and even my own recognition of that vocation of border walking i think of you as almost a mentor in border walking someone who is called to something similar recognizes that and together we're able to grow into it together and so this podcast and these events really are an extension of that vocation so i'll introduce myself quickly i am currently a student at saint mary's but i my story starts from a much more sheltered environment i grew up in an evangelical subculture i grew up on an acreage going to a rural church and my childhood was very loving with a lot of great people, but I was surrounded by people who looked like me, who had the same political beliefs, the same religious beliefs, and although it was a sheltering, nurturing environment to be in, it didn't expose me to, it it didn't encourage me to cross any kinds of borders, Mm. Mm. and in fact, I expected to continue to go down that path my plan was to go to a university in the states an evangelical university that would give me more of the same Mm. but i needed some money first and so i got a job (laughs) working for apple and that experience of working for apple the
0: apple computer company
1: the apple wow computer iphone software whatever you want to call it now Mm -hmm. And so I was straight out of high school, very sheltered, going to a culture that was liberal and that included a lot of different people. And I spent just over five years being immersed in that culture. And when I think back on what I learned from that experience, the first of the three things that I'll summarize that experience, first was being exposed to people who were very different from me, politically, religiously a-religiously, sexually, all these things, and becoming really good friends with them and having love for them, relationships in which I went into their homes, um, became really good friends, and had a lot of dialogue with these people who are different than me. So for example, I had a podcast with my, one of my best friends who was an, who is an atheist and is bisexual, where we didn't want to persuade each other and convert each other so much as just discuss and get to know each other better and really explore the different avenues of that worldview. Mm. But then I also learned at Apple, the joy of asking questions. What I mean by that is because I was having so many interactions with customers in the busy Apple store, long conversations I was able to learn how to ask good questions and learn that the person in front of me could be could be a conversation that could just be route. I could just be me walking them through their options and t- helping them decide on a product or it could be a conversation where I got to know that person better and ask questions about their lives and Apple encouraged that kind of discussion, but it gave me a love for people and their Stories that I just really didn't have before. Mm.
0: So how does that how does that all come back into the book that you you brought me? Of uh, back in in February, I think it was. I I, I remember it was a bitterly cold day because the the snow was kind of falling, and you you just walked in and you just had this life and this light and this sort of epiphany kind of you know sort of aura about you. And and what was it in this book that 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 really brought everything together for you
1: yeah the book that we're referring to is written by makoto fujimura he is a fine artist by fine i mean uh he works in art galleries it's not just a fine person Mm. uh but he is a professional artist uh, working in the galleries of new york city his artwork is displayed all around the world um and he is someone who is engaged in this conversation of ideas and very much concerned with the culture and how how the culture can change. So the book he wrote is called Culture Care, subtitle, Reconnecting with Beauty for our Common Life. And in the book, he describes a concept that comes from the middle, the old English word in Beowulf, Merrick which can be translated as border stalker or border walker. And he refers to border walkers as, in his case, artists, who are, I quote here, instinctively uncomfortable in homogenous groups. And in border stalking, we have a role that both addresses the reality of fragmentation and offers a fitting means to help people from all our many and divided cultural tribes learn to appreciate the margins, lower barriers to understanding and communication, and start to diffuse culture wars and he uses the example from lord of the rings of aragorn and if you remember the story in lord of the rings aragorn is introduced as strider Mm -hmm. the ranger and i i love that name because i think that implies Mm -hmm. a sort of border stalking a striding between cultures and then of course strider or aragorn learns to befriend people that are very different from him and and distrustful Mm -hmm. of him frankly Mm -hmm. and even marries into a race that's very different from him thereby creating peace in Middle Earth. And so Makoto uses that concept of border walker as a vocation, somebody whose inclination is not to stay in their tribe and reinforce those boundaries, but somebody whose vocation is to cross between those boundaries and bear news from the other tribe into their own tribe. He also says that border stalking requires cultivation. It requires communities training people whose inclinations, whether that's artists or mm. other people, in that art of border walking.
0: Mm. And thus the podcast that we, we, we realized we needed. And we're going we're gonna to come to that because it does speak to those very things that, um, uh, that you just referred to um, out, of, uh, out of the book of Culture Care. Uh, but I, I just want to make a side note, you know, there's, um, uh, as, as you were just speaking about this and this concept of Border Walker and using the illustration of Aragorn, and I, I said, you know, this is what brings us together, you and I, uh, because we do see ourselves in this role because of our lived experience and also the identity in some ways that we didn't ask for. And, and we're going to unpack that a little bit more, but, uh, but I, it really resonated with me uh, when you talked about the need for community. And we're, we're, we're going to look at that because that's one of the, the needs that we're trying to address in this podcast here. Um, in fact, let's go to that. Why this podcast? Uh, from your from your point of view, what what is it like? We, you and I were having conversations, uh, sitting sitting in my office, uh, you know, out on uh, underneath a tree, you know, just over the phone. We could have carried on like that, but something mm-hmm. spurned us to open this conversation up. What, what was that? What were some of the needs that we saw out there?
1: I think the pandemic and the resulting cultural. Echoes of that pandemic were something that you and I both identified this need for a shared space to practice border walking while so much of our culture is isolated, mm. um, either because we can't meet together or because the effects of these items in the news today, whether it's politics or health or race, are encouraging more borders to exist. Mm. Mm.
0: And one thing also I, I think really important is uh, the need to hear from those who are walking ahead. Mm. And, and, and we, we identified that, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you yeah. graciously uh, sort of uh, you know, referred to me as a, as a mentor in this. And yet I really see myself as from my own perspective as one learning how to do this as we go along. There is no map. And I think that is the whole point of a border walker is that we're trying to navigate spaces that have been defined, but what is that place in between that we don't cross? And, and, and who are the people that are already immersed in those, those spaces that we can gain insight from? We, we need to hear from them and how to do this to give us some hope for the journey. So that, that's, that's another right. need I saw. Yeah. What, yeah. what other need do you see? That we we hope to accomplish in this podcast.
1: Just before we move away from that one you identified, I think it's finding people who themselves have practiced border walking well and learned that posture from them. Yes. And so, Mako, in his book, locates historical figures who did this well. Mm -hmm. Um, He exists Vincent Van Gogh and Emily Dickinson as two artists on the borderlines of faith. But I think, Lance, you and I both know of people, Mm -hmm. either authors that we've read or figures whose works we follow that are doing this right now that have that attitude of border walking. And we need to learn from them. We need to adapt their practices in our own spaces and listen to how they're doing it in their own space. Mm
0: Well, let's turn to that a little bit. Who, who are some of those people? Let's look at some of the issues that we've really focused on and occupying our minds. Uh, we might have a particular passion for um, some of the borders that we we hope to learn how to navigate uh, through, this, through this podcast in our conversations as we invite people in. Um, can you name one such uh, border just as an example of some of the topics that we're really going to try to address uh, here sure. in this
1: podcast. One of the borders that's on my heart and mind for the last few years, but especially right now, this political moment that we're in, is d- regards the topic of Donald Trump. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. He's on the news all the time. Yeah. He's in our Facebook yep. feeds yep. all the time. He's yep. in our conversations all the yep. time. But here, Lance, here's where I'm struggling. Yeah. As someone who wants to cross borders. Right. When I look at the policies, the moral attitudes, even the behavior of mm-hmm. Donald Trump, mm-hmm. I'm repulsed. I have this ethical okay. aversion to the things that he's doing. Okay. Yet, I know that there are a lot of people, many from my own background uh, as mm-hmm. evangelicals, who maybe they acknowledge some of those issues, but they still support him. They Mm -hmm. find other reasons in their minds, maybe greater moral issues that allow them to support Mm -hmm. this figure. And for me, that's a tough challenge because I don't want to lose my convictions. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, uh, I don't, I I, I acknowledge that the reasons I abhor what he's doing Mm -hmm. are moral issues that I think we can all agree on. And yet, these friends of mine or these people in my parish or these neighbors mm. are people themselves who i want to acknowledge as people and i don't want to alienate and and hate even or or put a border up in that way between myself and them so to articulate that again how do i stay friends with people who think that donald trump has any moral credibility and mm. any reason to support him mm. does that make sense
0: 100 you know <laughs> I think it's a really helpful example because there can't be a more divisive figure today in, in, our, uh, in our broad um, culture than, than Donald Trump. And you either love him, or, you know, you're with him, or you're against him. I mean, there is no middle ground with this guy. And I, I, think, I think this is a great example of something that people really do run up against is that person, you know, like, you know, this in a few days time in Canada, we'll all be sitting at the Thanksgiving table. And I think there's probably, you know, every third household that has got the proverbial Uncle Bill, who's mm-hmm. going to be sitting at the table and is going to say something regarding the politics of today, that's going to put you know what I'm saying? That's going to say something to really offensive, that's just going to set everyone off, and if people are just going to be like throwing potato salad at this guy, right? <laughs> and I think what you're speaking of is so vitally important because these borders run right through our very households. Yeah. They run right through our very relationships. And we either just, we, we, we attack these borders, or we just turn our backs to them. And, you know, and and Trump brings that out in people like this, this, just this, he, he demands, he demands a polarity of thought. Mm -hmm. How do we navigate that border? Because his influence is great. Now, in four weeks time, this all may be a moot point. However, I think the underlying issues will still be there. Absolutely. I mean, he's just tapping into what already exists. I think we can all acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that. This isn't about Trump. This is about this is about a polarization that he's just manipulating that's already in existence. So it's such such a great example and 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 I think your point about keeping the person in front of us. How do we humanize that person whose views we just cannot agree with? Where how do we do that? And and you're right. We I, speaking personally, mm. I need somebody to help me navigate that and and figure it out. And, you know, who's who sort of found a way to, to talk with the the Trump supporters and the, you know, the people who just kind of seem to uncritically mm. accept him. What is the greater need underneath that to yeah. do so? what what, yeah. what value are they trying to hold on to that somehow he is embodying? Because there's a real loyalty there. What, what's yeah. what's going on? I, I don't want to ignore that because there might be something really important about our human story that they're trying to tell.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. How do you respect the person while also not losing con- your own conviction?
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I, think, mm-hmm. I think you got it. Great example. Thank you for that.
1: Lance, I'd love to hear an example of a border in your life that you're – Needing this kind of guidance and need to explore out loud, and I'd also, while you do that, would love to hear a little bit about your own vocation as a border stalker and what that's looked like over your life.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, unintentionally, Daniel, I think I I have been um, and um, uh, both unintentionally and and actually not willingly uh, have been something of a border walker. You know, I I grew up. I I, I want to say your your account of Aragorn uh, spoke to me in a way that I actually hadn't quite appreciated that character uh, before in that story. Um, I, I, I like this idea of Aragorn kind of crossing the racial uh, sort of divisions in that mm. middle earth. And, and I grew up as somebody who uh, is in a biracial home. Uh, my father's a black Canadian, uh, uh, Born to illegal immigrants, there is no record of my grandfather ever existing in this country. Nothing, not a birth certificate, wow. not even a landed uh, a record of of him being on the ship. All we know is he came uh, from with his parents, his freed slaves, uh, settled, arrived again uh, we 're expecting in Nova Scotia uh, some probably <laughs> uh again in the middle of a night and settled in africville and and that's where that's where he grew up his early childhood um and then my my father uh, born uh, and raised in the east coast uh, eventually came to acadia and he met a young woman uh who (laughs) from a small town on the south shore nova scotia sydney um and uh um god bless her you know it was the 60s (laughs) And everybody thought <laughs> the world was going to be okay and this is a new day. And she naively married this, uh, this um, uh, you hopefully, know, hopefully, maybe <laughs> uh, she had hope. She had hope and this, that, that, that yeah. color didn't matter. And there they were, they married, met at Acadia University. And my father always aspired to be a pastor, mm. grew up in the Anglican church, mm. and, and really had on his heart, he wanted to be a pastor. And uh, the time came where he felt like he was ready to present himself, and the bishop, and I'll call him out. Bishop O'Neill mm. was his name. Mm. Said to my father, "There is no way I'm going to put a colored man in charge of a parish in my diocese. We just wow. that that would just be the death of me. I get what so year much." Was this? this would have been, uh, don't know the exact year, but let's put it at the early '60s, uh, just because of all the you know sort of the other events. And if we move backwards, it would have been in the early sixties. I don't don't know the exact year, but just, um, how things unfolded. Uh, my father ended up, um, with my mom, uh, moving from province to province, uh, looking for a place, a, a church that would accept him. He was offered a job outside of Ottawa, um, as a, as a summer camp director, Bible camp director. And, uh, um, and then uh, he happened to be in Toronto for a conference. And this gets back again to this I, I think the point, that one of the needs in this podcast mm-hmm. is community. And my mm-hmm. father heard about a, a conference happening in Toronto for Black clergy. And he thought, I wonder if I can go there and sort of, you know, sort of hear what I need to hear about how I can navigate. This, hmm. the, all these Community. barriers, right? Yeah. And so maybe yeah. if I go there, I can get some wisdom. How do, I, how do I navigate all the barriers I'm coming across? Anyway, long story short, one of the speakers was Jay Walker, who happened to be the lead pastor of, of St. James Episcopal, uh, Black Episcopal Church, a historic black church uh, in Detroit. Uh, because it was right on the shores of the Detroit River. And it was the last stop on the Underground Railroad before people crossed over into Canada into Buxton area, which is where many of the the black refugees settled. And uh, Jay Walker heard my father's story. And he said, come with me, you need to be with your people. We're going to Detroit. So my dad drove back up the 401 to Ottawa, just outside a little small town, packed up. Our little family, we are just a little baby at this time, and just off we went. And there I learned very quickly the mm-hmm. politics of race. Mm-hmm. Even though my father was black, my mother was white, because of the politics of race in uh, in the U.S., I was black. Mm-hmm. I was legally and culturally, mm-hmm. that was my identity. When we moved back to Canada, I was like, what? I, I wasn't black. I was I was called by my teacher in school, mulatto, mulatto. I said, what's mulatto? I went home. I said, what's mulatto? My mom said, your teacher's called you mulatto. And then that's when I started to realize race was a reality, was something right? That this was, a, this was a, a, a social construct because, and I couldn't articulate it at that time. However, long story short, there's been so, and I had to live with this ambiguity and, and trying to justify and fit in my whole life. And it's been a long process. Now, I've, I've really worked at reconciling all of those pieces, but as I do so, I become more aware of just how deeply painful Mm-hmm. Uh, racial uh conflict and racial injustice has mm-hmm. been for people including my father his family but for so many people around us mm-hmm. today race is such a divisive topic and we see that today like like how it's just kind of blown up all over again yeah. how do we navigate race white people don't want to talk about it blacks are angry as hell indigenous don't even hear their voices and yet we see that as a part of systemic racism and I, I, what's the third way of understanding race it's not a debate um what what can we do about this uh very quickly uh, uh, somebody i look down the road and i and i just see really sharing some insights she's worked so hard at this is a person by the name of rhonda mcgee she's a, a professor of law at the university of san francisco and um she, um, she talks about the limitations of political activism. See, because what happens is immediately, as we see in the riots that took place, mm. you have people fighting against racism. And then you have this other group who feels their privilege and their power, their place is now being threatened, right. pushing back. And she says the problem is the limitations of political activism is that it just reinforces people's identity.
1: It's another border.
0: It's a, it, it creates another border. And so we may all fight for structural justice. and We may fight for the transformation of society, but we have not addressed the root issue itself. And in fact, it actually confuses it now because all we've done is we transferred power but we haven't addressed the issue. So the landscape has changed. That What's
1: that? What would you identify that, that underlying issue as being?
0: Well, and this is where we need people who are in the trenches on the borders, right? Helping us yeah. hear yeah. it and listen to it because they're crossing over. They're learning how to have these conversations and to really listen. Um, and, and so this, this is where I, uh, you know, one of the borders for me that I'm really eager to figure out how to navigate and I, as I said, I've spent my whole life trying to walk mm-hmm. on both sides, but I think it's more than that now. I think border walkers need to bring that conversation to the surface and need to invite mm-hmm. other people in so that we, can, we mm-hmm. can really broaden and have a social conversation about this. So Rhonda McGee, Riva uh, 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 Siegel, uh, Gwen Singleton, these are all people who for me have really mm-hmm. uh, started to shape this third way of, of talking about race in a way that's really redemptive. So that's just one example for me of a border uh, that, that we, need, we need to figure out how to, how to navigate.
1: Well, Lance, that is a border that keeps me up at night, um, thinking about how do we respond to these moral issues that are divisive, yeah. specifically race in this case. So given your own history of crossing that border, just because of who your parents are and where you've been, will give us practice um, and, and wisdom in that as, as we talk to other people about these issues.
0: Well, I, th- I think you're right. And I think that's a good segue to how our listeners fit into this, Uh, because we do want it a conversation, don't we? And we've talked about that. Like you and I have had had so many rich conversations and learned from each other, uh, from sharing our stories, as you just mentioned, of just hearing each other. But there are so many other people whose stories can enrich us and give us insight. And so we were starting to think about this podcast and how we can invite people in and hear their stories. And so we, we kind of, I don't know, kind of have, a I think, a novel way of going about this, trying to take advantage of technology and, and sort of a hybrid format. Um, did you want to talk about that a little bit, or should I even um, mention, I think, some of the principles for creating a safe space?
1: Yeah, let's talk about the format, our plan, um, and then we'll talk about those principles that will yeah. guide let's that discussion. That. And Lance, what I... When we were discussing this concept, um, I specifically think of being on my balcony calling you during lockdown to talk about this. One of the examples that came to mind was an event that our university, St. Mary's, hosted Mm -hmm. last year where they invited a Jesuit priest who has a background in mm-hmm. astrophysics, a right. PhD in astrophysics, right. to give a talk on the Big Bang and faith because he himself was a border stalker who walked between those two environments. And he gave a talk, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. But what struck me were the conf- the questions that people brought to him. People who I could tell were themselves on the border. They maybe were... Had a background in the faith and now we're rejecting it, but still had this yearning for more. Or they had a background in the faith and were now antagonistic towards science and knew that there was a better solution. So I saw this pushback, polite pushback from the audience, having already heard what he had to say. But then I saw small groups of people, and there's this one fellow student whose face I'll never forget. And I could tell she was antagonistic about faith, but she was so eager to ask questions and to listen to the speaker. And so that format, which is somebody giving their story, having the chance to speak, being listened to, and then entering into dialogue with people who have questions in, a, in an environment that allows for rational discourse, for, for an engagement, a pushback, and above all, an attitude of listening and, and respect. So that was kind of the inspiration for what we could be doing on this format. Mm-hmm. Of course, now we can't do physical events because of mm-hmm. people's health. And so what we thought is, wouldn't it be great if we could reach out to, as we mentioned, role models in border walking, mm-hmm. but also people who, are t- who, who articulate a viewpoint in a, in a manner that we respect, but want to engage in further. And so that, what that would look like is you and me, Lance, interviewing this guest Mm -hmm. for, say, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, in order to get their story and to model how that discourse should look, and then opening it up to our listeners so that they can ask questions and we can broaden the horizons of that conversation by bringing in voices and questions from our listeners.
0: Yeah, and, and I think what you're saying is is really vital. It's it's modeling the shaping of that conversation, mm. so that people from different views still feel like, uh, re- regardless of how they're coming in, that it's a space that we're really gonna we're we're, we're really gonna honor their voice, uh, mm. because we need their voice in this. Mm. And there really are four things that that we're 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 going to try to. Um, uh, to stay, keep, keep in front of his body. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. really important. And I think the first thing is, we're going to stay engaged. <laughs> and, and I think that's the first movement um, in, in border walking. The first step is stay engaged. And the, the next step that we're, again, we're, we're, we're just going to really try to embody is expect discomfort that it's going to be there and that's okay we're going to be really explicit but it. it's okay if we're feeling uncomfortable in this because that means that there's something stirring here that we're being challenged in some way that we need to listen to and then in that it's because we've invited people to speak their truth and you and I are going to have to do that our, we're going to invite our guest speakers to do that and then our our uh, fellow participants who, whoever comes in and then I think the fourth thing, which is just as important, and it kind of brings us back full circle uh, to the stay engaged is to accept and expect non-closure. We're not going to sort this out in one conversation. Uh, we're going to need to come back to this. And and that's where we're really inviting and and hoping that our listeners will really journey with us. This isn't just sort of a tune in and, and tune out, but they'll recognize that, uh, that we need to stay in this conversation um, wherever it takes us. And so that's, that's what we're hopeful for is that this will, podcast will be just one way, one community, uh, one place where people can find um, others journeying on this, uh, this border walking adventure. Um,
1: so I'm just, as you, you've mentioned those four principles, I'm just going to reiterate and, and kind of ask about them, Lance, really briefly. Sure. Because I feel like staying engaged and expecting discomfort go together in the sense that yeah. what you mean by staying engaged is when discomfort happens, don't throw up guards or step out of the conversation.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, stay present you know it's right. just yeah in 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 the conversation what's going on and that's that's as much a mental as it is an emotional and spiritual presence right it just mm-hmm. just just trust trust the process trust the space as we as we try to navigate um the the issue not just the issue but all the intentions and the assumptions and people you know what they bring into the conversation we need to navigate that as well
1: yeah mm-hmm and then the next two stages speak your truth uh, the way i kind of f- phrase that is maintain conviction <laughs> so this there's a place yeah. for your own conviction and that and, and that's important but do it in the context of discomfort and, yeah. and having that challenged
0: oh, 100% that goes back to your 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 initial comment about you know wanting to be friends with those who mm-hmm. who kind of seem to just accept or love Trump, and yet you don't want to lose your own self, Mm -hmm. your own sense of uh, conviction, as you just said, Mm -hmm. in the conversation, because those are deeply important to you.
1: And you want to stay humble. And I think that's where that last accept non-closure, it's almost like don't put the border back up. (laughs) We spent this time walking the border, maybe Mm -hmm. taking some bricks out of that border Mm -hmm. so we can see between them. And that doesn't mean that you have to stay on that borderline. You could be more at home. I think that's something that Makoto Fujimura emphasizes is that there is a homeland and that's okay, mm. but don't put that border back up. Expect there to still be holes in the border and, and that non-closure mm. that comes from leaving that, those holes in place.
0: I think that's, that's beautiful what you just said. Those two points are so insightful is the humility of the, uh, of the journey and as well as the, the freedom, the invitation to go back to the place of familiarity in order to, to find your voice again and then to come because that wilderness mm-hmm. is, has its own dangers as well. Mm-hmm. As you cross over into a border, there's going to be a time of, of uncertainty, of non-definition, and it's very easy for us to lose our way, our identity, our voice, if we if we don't return to it again, and mm-hmm. hopefully changed. And mm-hmm. that's the point. By engaging in this, we will be changed. All of us mm-hmm. will be changed, hopefully, in a good mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm just conscious of time. Um, Daniel, is there any final comment that you want to leave before we... Uh, before we close this
1: yeah let's just reiterate because i don't know if it was as clear when we were discussing this those three aims that we have for this Mm, podcast and then let's just summarize the next steps and what listeners can expect so the three aims number one we need to hear from others who are successful in embodying the border walker vocation Number two, we need a community in which to practice Absolutely. forward walking. And mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this as a live event, which we'll get to soon. That's right. And then the third is we need space for rational discourse. We need pushback. We need yes. yeah. disagreement. We need to practice disagreement that's in right. a way that does mature us. Going back to your last comment, it does that's right. push yeah. us forward. And, that, so and that's, where, forward.
0: that's where people's truths come in. You know, that, 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 that truth is an essential element to a rational, honest conversation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we're right. It means that we're right. speaking truthfully, honestly. Right. Right. And that's, I think, the foundation of a rational discourse.
1: And that's a border itself. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no rhetoric, no polemics. Let's just talk real. That's, that's what we want to accomplish here.
1: So then the plan going forward is we're going to be reaching out to some guests people that you and I, Lance, learned, have learned from, people who have embodied this, as we discussed, and inviting them to join us. But those conversations won't just be recorded for this podcast, they will take place live on Zoom. And so yes. members of our community, St. Mary's, and listeners of the right. podcast can go to our webpage, which will be in the show notes, yep. and they can see the next scheduled event. We don't have mm-hmm. that yet at this moment, but it, mm-hmm. it will be there. It'll ready. all be there, yep. I'll be there, and you can join the Zoom conversation and ask questions after we've had the chance to model that conversation.
0: Yeah, so
1: real hybrid.
0: You know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of right. take advantage of technology during this COVID time. Uh, we're also gonna make it available as a podcast so people can listen to it on their own time, and 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 hopefully feel that you know in some way, shape, or form they they've been able to uh, to engage with us, and we yeah. really really look forward to that.
1: We really are like excited about this. Oh, man. The sucks, Border man. Walkers podcast yeah. and Zoom events. So do take a look in our show notes for the webpage where we'll have the next scheduled event. And, of course, you can subscribe in your podcast app and get the next episode once we've recorded it.
0: Daniel, thank you for you being you. And I I can't wait. I can't wait to dig uh, to beyond this journey.
1: Lance, thank you for being a mentor in border walking, and we look forward to walking together in this vocation.
0: Amen.